to Life Talks with Stephen Marshall. Let's welcome the precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we never, ever want to take for granted the access we have to your presence, to your wisdom, to your understanding, your counsel, and your might. The things that you know from the very depths of the heart of God. Holy Spirit, you want to transfer to us, to our thinking, because legally we have the mind of Christ. Everyone in this room has the mind of Christ. Everyone in this room is seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have great access to a great wealth of spiritual information, which translates into spiritual revelation in our lives. Right now, we just want to take a moment and just welcome you and say, welcome, Holy Spirit. You're not just here with us, but you're in us. Jesus paid full price that as sons and daughters of the Most High God, we might be the temple. Our bodies might be the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's why, Lord, you have such an interest in making us every bit whole because we're bought. We've been bought with a price. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, Holy Spirit, you are acutely interested and invested in our bodies being whole, being strong. And you are able to transfer. In fact, that's your number one agenda is to transfer everything that belongs to Jesus to us. So right now, Lord, we just open up our hearts, our minds, our will and emotion. Lord, we dedicate, just say this, say, I dedicate the arena of my mind to you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Transfer the thinking of Jesus into me. So right now we're going to take communion. And it's very important that we go into the sacred time, very conscious This is not a ritual or just a traditional custom to be observed because that was what Paul was writing to the Corinthians in chapter 11. He said, you know, if you take this, when he said unworthily, he said, when you take it unaware of the the wealth that's available in taking this communion, you miss out on healings. He said, that's why many of you are sick and sleep among you. That's why many of you die prematurely is because you're not accessing the wealth of covenant blessing that's in communion. So right now, Lord, we just want to do what you do and we want to recognize this time that according to 1 Corinthians 11, we've received from the Lord himself that which we are personally about to take action on. And that is that the Lord Jesus on the night which he was treacherously delivered up and while his betrayal was in progress, he took the bread. So just take that bread right now. And when Jesus had given thanks, he broke the bread and he said, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to call me. Look at what the Amplified says, affectionately to remembrance. Jesus' body was broken. He gave them a picture. The guys needed a picture of what the covenant represented. So he gave them a picture by taking the bread because he's the bread of life and he broke the bread of life. And he basically said, my life, my, my body's broken for you 
to basically purchase and buy back your healing, that your life might be whole and sound. And the Holy Spirit administrates the brokenness of Jesus. This is why we, communion is all about celebrating the Lord's death until he comes. See, Jesus died for Stephen Marshall and he was broken for me that I might be whole. So anytime I think to myself, well, I deserve this, or this is just the way life is. This is the way life is. And this is the way it's always gonna be. I go back to the death of Jesus and I wait, wait a sec, his body, I, I watch him break the bread and he said, my body's about to be broken for you that you might be whole, Pamela. Isn't that beautiful? He purchased full price. So anytime the enemy tries to accuse you and lie to you that you don't have rights to what Jesus did for you, you go back to communion. You take it even in your home. Like Pam and I do this at home. We practice taking communion because every time we do it, we affectionately. I know everybody in this room loves to be affectionate with Jesus. Isn't that so? You love being affectionate with Jesus. He said, every time you do this, you affectionately put your arms around me and love on me and you call me affectionately to lead to remembrance every time you take communion. Every family member, every head of the home should take communion in their home. Every every husband and wife team, every single mom, you should, this is what I learned from my mom even as a little boy. We take communion at home because it's something Jesus gave to us. You got a right to take this in your apartment. So Lord, right now, we legislate, Lord, what you've done for us what you have done for us. Your body was broken for us. Say this, Father God, thank you for the gift of your son. By his stripes, I'm healed. My body is healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. And that brings honor to you that I take what Jesus paid and I take advantage of it. I honor you by accepting the broken body of Jesus that I might be healed. And see, you guys, now now that you're receiving healing, look, you become an agent of that healing. So as you receive the virtue of his healing, it doesn't matter that the doctor hasn't given you a, a bad report or hasn't given you a good report. We, we walk in this every day, that we're healed by the stripes of Jesus and we become agents of that healing. Isn't that so? So Father, we just thank you that we can do this right now and we honor Jesus by receiving our healing, not just for me, but Lord, for the family. In your precious name, let's take the bread. When supper was ended, he took the cup also saying, this cup is the new covenant ratified and established in my blood. Man, what an amazing thing. Jesus wrote a brand new contract and he literally, the ink was his blood. The Bible says that they brought bowls of Jesus' blood into the heavens because the the contamination of sin had even reached to the outer courts of the heavenlies. And they brought bowls of Jesus' blood into the heavens and they sanctified even the furniture in the outer courts of the heavens. Jesus' blood was so pure. Where the accuser of the brethren constantly is screaming accusations in your heart and your mind. Because you remember, that's how you know who's talking. He's good at accusing people. If you're feeling an accusation come up on the inside of you, it is not Jesus. It is not the master. It's not Father God. He would never do that. It's not in his DNA. God does not have an accusation in him except against the accuser of the brethren. In fact, when the angel was dealing with the devil, he just said, the Lord rebuke you. I'm not even going to do it. The Lord rebuke you, right? So right now we take a hold of the very ink 
the very ink that the covenant, the contract between us and Father God was written in that's unbreakable, that's un, it's unfailing, it's unlimited in its benefits and in its goodness. And Father, we do the Son great glory when we do exactly this in the blood. Do this as often as you drink it to call me affectionately to remembrance. Now legislate this. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your precious blood. You're sin-free, disease-free, poverty-free. Life is in your blood. You shed your blood and removed every curse from my life. With your blood, I'm forgiven of all my sins, past, present, and future. You've made me the righteousness of God. Today I celebrate, today I partake of the inheritance of the righteous. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Now I affectionately love you. Let's take the cup. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for writing the contract that could never be blotted out against us, for writing, Lord, the the contract of mercy, the contract of benefit and blessing in your blood, Father God. You transferred your blood through the Son into my life, into Pam's life, Lord, into Valerie's life, into Sue's life, into Jason's life. You transferred that contract of blessing into Allison's life, into Andrew's life, into Stan's life. Lord, you transferred the contract of blessing upon us. And Father, the blessings of God are chasing us and overtaking us. Now open up our eyes to see what you've already done for us. Let us recognize what you've already done in Jesus' precious name. Amen. When we lift up a voice of praise and agreement, we're offering up to God more than anything our expectation that God will do what he said he would do and that his blessings would chase us down and overtake us, that the covenant of blessing that Jesus paid full price for would be enacted in everybody's life. But I want to remind you of this. Jesus, it was prophesied hundreds and hundreds of years before that the king of all kings, the savior of the world, would come riding into Jerusalem at the right time on a donkey. It was prophesied. Everybody knew it. All the Pharisees, Sadducees knew it. Everybody who had any experience in teaching in the word of God knew that prophecy. And so Jesus, when he came to the moment of, he knew this is the time, this this is the season right now where I need to lay down my life for the world. Did he go, well, here's just a little indicator. If it's God's will, I know the prophecy that I'm supposed to ride in on a donkey. So I'm just going to wait and see if one shows up. You read it yourself. The Bible says that Jesus spoke to his disciples and he called for the animal. Jesus called for the provision. The king of all kings spoke to somebody and he said, go here, tell the people that own it. The master has need of it. Loose it, bring it to me, and I'm going to ride it. Sometimes we get this notion in our mind that if it really, if this is really God, like if it's God's will for me to have this, if it's his will, he'll just give it to me. It'll just happen. But you and I are in the same place of Jesus in this place. God's already spoken, prophesied good things for you. He's already prophesied and spoke healings through you. Like you're called to be an agent of everything that's covenant, healing, deliverance, life. But if Jesus had to call for the donkey, what makes you and me think that we don't have to lift up our expectations according to the word of God, according to what has been written even hundreds of thousands of years ago and say, I'm commanding you come to us. 
when we're singing, what we should be doing is commanding healing. When we're singing um, through you, we can do all things. Nothing's impossible for that person that's struggling with depression and feeling suicidal and wondering if they're ever going to be able to go to sleep without being tormented and troubled, right? Isn't that what we're called to? So right now, let's just in a time of prayer, just to set ourselves up for this, I want you to set the thermostat in your heart. Maybe you haven't touched that thermostat in a long time. Maybe you just assume it's still on 67 degrees. But right now, set it. Father, we trust in you. We trust in you. Let's go to God's word and find out what we say about trust. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses, the Bible says. But we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Right? Some people trust in their worship set. Some people trust in their sound system. Some people trust in their team. They trust in one another. But you know what? We're going to trust in the Lord because teams don't get people saved and healed and delivered. It's the anointing of the living God. We trust in the Lord. So set the barometer in your heart right now. Just close your eyes and just imagine your hand reaching out and setting the barometer in your life, the thermostat, and you're setting it for healings, deliverances. You're setting it for everything that Jesus even said. You know what, guys? You guys are going to do greater things than I've done because I go to the Father. And because he's went to the Father, he sent his Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. I can tell you right now what the Holy Spirit's agenda is, is to get you blessed and everybody blessed and their families blessed, not because they deserve it, but because Jesus deserves it. That's his agenda. All right? So set that thermostat. And every time a doubt or anything comes up in your heart or a temptation, just say this, I trust you, Lord. I put all my trust in you. We trust in the Lord. We don't trust in chariots. We don't trust in man's inventions, man's strength. We don't trust in horses. We don't trust in creation. Even the things that God has done, the works that God, we don't put our trust in the works. We put our trust in the name of the Lord, the identity of God Almighty. Isn't that so? Father, we trust in you. Lord, when we're afraid, the psalmist said, we put our trust in you. Lord, when we're discouraged, Lord, when we feel like we don't have the answer, we shout out, we trust you in our homes. We say, I trust you. Lord, when we go to bed at night and before we nod off, we say, Lord, we trust you. We trust you with our family, our finances, our future. In Jesus' name, we trust in you. Thanks for listening. For more information, go to stephenandpam.org.